Right at the Fork is proud to present this episode of the Joy of Drinking podcast. Welcome to the Joy of Drinking. My name is Joy Church and I'm your host. I am so excited to be back with listeners. It's been a while, right? This pandemic is a real thing. I am back with Camille Cavan of Queen Trail today. So Camille and I recorded back in March for Women's History Month, and we had a great conversation. And that was set, set to air on March 23rd. And, you know, with COVID-19, it just didn't feel like the right time to have that conversation. So we held on to it. Uh, we've realized that it was a very good conversation. I listened to it a few days ago and uh, again last night, and it's really worthwhile, of course. So I'm here with Camille now to talk about what's going on with her in her world with the pandemic and what does the bar scene look like at this moment. So uh, we're going to attach this as the first piece of the episode and then launch into uh, Camille's chat with us from March for Women's History Month. So listeners, thanks so much for your support and and Camille, how are you? Hi, nice to see you. Nice to hear your voice. Good to see you. We're doing the Zoom thing as the whole world is. <laughs> <laughs> so Camille, how, how is life for you, COVID-19 world? Oh man, well that's a loaded question. Uh, but it's been it's been a it's been a ride, that's for sure. Um, I think in the very beginning I uh, process a little kind of similarly to a lot of people where I kind of had to slow down and I went, I kind of paralyzed for a couple of weeks and got really scared and kind of hunkered down and had a lot of, um, interesting questions where I said, you know, what's my purpose? Where does this go from here? What does it look like? Am I going to be safe? And my family's in the healthcare system. Um, so they're frontline workers. So that was like a big part of it is where the last thing I was thinking about was, you know, when am I going to bartend again? So, (laughs) um, so that was kind of how it started. And then it slowly, I think like everyone else started, uh, getting, easing my way back into a new normal. Um, and I think, the biggest thing has just been to, you know, be easy with myself and be easy with the ones I love and people around us and try to figure out, you know, every day's new and every day's different and um, just take it day by day. So I've been doing a lot better and um, obviously finding more purpose with uh, trying to weasel my way back into working in every any way I can. <laughs> and I've noticed that Quintrell has started started right away with the cocktail kits. And six weeks ago, you began doing these great tutorials. Um, and so how much work was that to to find that new space for yourself? Uh, that's a great question. I, I mean, it honestly, it, when I, so it, like I just talked about in the very beginning, it, that, have mustering that energy or that creative energy to do that felt like there's no way that I could start doing this yet. There's no way that I could feel comfortable or safe enough to, you know, exude all this creative energy or find a space where I felt safe enough to do it. And then one day it just kind of clicked. I think a lot of it has to do with being a creator is where I just needed to put it somewhere. And then I had had these ideas for cocktail kits for years and years and then called up the the, the owners of the restaurant. And I was like, hey, I kind of have this idea because I want to contribute and I want to help in the way that I can. Do you want to, are you on board for this? And they were like, yeah, go for it. So it took a lot. The first week was pretty rough when trying to figure out 
you know, mustering enough energy and mustering enough mental capacity to do that. Um, but then once I started doing it, it was like coming, you know, second nature to me to making all these syrups and creating things that are pretty. And I was putting some good out there, which made me feel, um, feel great. So I've been doing them for six weeks now and, um, kind of have them down. So they're really exciting. I'm proud of them. And do you think that this might be something that once reopening occurs and Queen Trail is up and running that you would continue with? Or what are your thoughts about that? Uh, so I've gone back and forth a little bit with that. I think mostly it would be a matter of time and energy. Um, I don't. I think I would probably put pa- put a hit a pause on them for a little bit because uh, there's so many. I mean, as you, I'm sure you've looked, there's so many different restrictions and regulations um, and opening really well with you know all of our t's and our crossed and our i's dotted is really important to us so have had an idea of kind of selling things a la carte if people wanted to take some things home with them or if i got a response that people miss them and that they're still not com- comfortable coming out um to restaurants then i might i might revisit them but i think i i think i might hit pause when we open well right because it'll be a lot of work to do that correctly appropriately and so is that something that the restaurants already talking about um about preparing for reopening yeah yeah the conversations are we're having them um and what it looks like you know what uh we want our identity to be what it what makes most sense what is you know going to make everyone feel the safest um so we have a pretty good plan in motion um, I think it's it's just like the world today is that no one really knows and it's just kind of a waiting game and seeing exactly how people are going to react and how they feel. So um, yeah, we're we're definitely you know putting putting things out there and um, having a lot of meetings about what we want it to look like. So we are going to wait a little bit once we're able once restaurants kind of get the green light. We are going to wait about a week or two to kind of see how people are reacting, how it feels. I mean, I think that's smart, you know, because there have got to be some guinea pigs out there who start to test things first and see how it feels. So, you know, why not learn those lessons through somebody else, frankly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And also just, I think a lot of it is, um, I mean, I know that people want to normalize again, but there is a huge level of protection, you know, like we need to protect ourselves. We need to protect our workers. We need to protect the guests as much as possible. Um, and you know, unfortunately everyone wants to kind of get back to where we were, but that's not really an option. It's not, I don't think that's something that we can necessarily go back to. So I think being really strategic, our decisions is the most important thing. Right. You cut out for a second, being strategic in your decisions. Yeah. It's the most important. Yeah. Yeah. And just careful and, um, looking at all of it, you know? Right. It's a lot to think about. And now for yourself, is the are those the kinds of conversations that sounds like you are in those with the owners of Queen Trail? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the owner, owner, myself, and the GM and the chef, so us four, um, are having those conversations. Um, and it's, again, it's just day by day, you know, seeing how the world changes. And um, we're staying positive and we're still doing really good things you know myself and Riley still have a lot of creative juices flowing so that's a that's a positive yeah yeah the menu looks fantastic yeah (laughs) yeah I mean they our food is phenomenal I mean um they've done a really good job and they kind of did this twist on uh you know making things a little more playful during this time and then once we open up we'll bring it back to you know things that are a little 
Yeah. Yeah. More precise. But, um, but I, they, yeah, we've been doing a great job. I think, you know, it is, um, as annoying as this is, I do think it is an opportunity for some spaces to have a little uh, change of pace and to test some things out to see how it goes yeah. over. Um, yeah. You know, even if it isn't, you know, you can't tell necessarily from a guest perspective because, you know, numbers are down across the board. But to see if the team likes it, does it, you know, can you get the inventory levels that you wanted to, if you wanted to do a certain product that you normally wouldn't be showcasing? So, you know, it's a chance to kind of test some things out because you're on pause a little. Life is, looks different anyway. So it seems like the right thing to do. And now I noticed that you not only are doing the Queen Trail tutorial every week, uh, but you've also been doing some special segments on TV and everything. You're famous. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. But, um, no, I mean, a lot of it was, um, were the kits. And I think, and it was funny because the kits were not something that I had to kind of really, I mean, yes, we talked about mustering the energy to actually make them happen. But, um, but the, it, the idea for them was not very far fetched for me. You know, it was very like, well, let me just include everyone. And my whole background for my bar program has always been something that's very inclusive, very community oriented. Like I'm not keeping all these you know, tricks and recipes and stuff for myself, for me, you know, like I want to share it. So that wasn't. Whoops. I was surprised, <laughs> but it was great. It was really wonderful. So yeah, I mean, right up some alignment week in Forbes and um, on TV and stuff has been, it's been a pretty fun way to distract myself from what's going on. Oh my gosh, clearly you're so humble. You're like, oh, just rolling off of all these places that you've been featured. Okay. Uh, most, late, most recently in uh, Imbibe, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that was my fifth time in Imbibe, actually. Wow. Really, really fun, yeah. Um, but this was my first kind of, like, they had con. Whoops. Oh, dear. And I said, yeah, totally. I mean, like, I'm looking in my fridge right now. I can make something. <laughs> so, oh, my, that's uh, incredible. Oh, my gosh. So um, we, I think this is so great. Our connection is becoming a little more unstable. So listeners, thank you for bearing with us. Um, so we're going to roll right into the original session where we talked with Camille um, and really got into Women's History Month and what the issues are and opportunities with women behind the bar. Uh, so thanks listeners and Camille, thank you so much and wish your family the best. Thank you. Thank, you. thank, thank you. them for being amazing frontline workers. Thank you, Jen. Listeners, I am so excited to introduce you to Camille Cavan today from Quintrell. She is the bar manager here and has been for quite a while, I think, right? Yes. So thank you for being here. How thank are you? you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. How long have you been a bartender, first of all? Um, I've been a bartender for a minute, so it's been about, <laughs> I want to say 12 years in total. Uh, okay. I took a couple years off uh -huh. here and there, um, but I wasn't, well, I'll I'll reiterate and say that I've actually been in the service industry for about 12 years. I've been bartending for about eight, eight oh, to okay. 10. Oh, okay. So how yeah. did you start in the industry? Um, I started in the industry when I was working for a PR company in Eugene, uh -huh. and I just happened to need a second job. And I got a job. I walked into a fine dining restaurant, and they offered me a job as a host You're at like, that she's moment. She's got the <laughs> character and the personality. Let's hire her. I think they just really needed somebody, but yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then it, uh, right after that, I started, they just grabbed me, and they wanted me to learn how to bar back and become a server. And then within 
three months I was doing it. Had you thought of being behind the bar before? No, never. Oh, okay. Never, actually. Um, I'd always like been interested in flavors. And when I was in high school, I cooked a lot and I made a lot of salad dressings and I was always making <laughs> preserves and things like that. But um, And then I got behind the bar and I just loved it. And it made oh, so much sense. it just I clicked. Yeah, absolutely. And flavors made sense. And then um, that was in Eugene. And then I moved to Portland and um, was working for a music licensing company. So that's when I was taking a break and then needed again needed another job and it this is when i got next to a couple really amazing mentors and they just took me under their wing and it just everything made sense and oh. the rest is kind of history and so in portland then did, did you arrive right to queen trail or no Mm-mm, no okay. no 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 i was in the game for a little bit so i was at a couple fine dining restaurants um and then was behind the bar at one of them and then worked I had a, I, re, I ran a bar program and the menu and the creation and everything at a restaurant before here. Okay. Um, that I actually learned a lot of, I had a lot of struggles and I learned a lot of things that I had to push against. Yeah. And a lot of men that I had to push against okay. a little bit, um, which actually was a blessing because it taught me so much and trusting myself and being strong and listening to my voice and all of that. Um, and I was actually going to take another break from the industry and I was approached and they oh. said, hey, would you like this program and be all yours? And I said, absolutely. Why right. wouldn't I turn this down? And I've been doing it for four years now. Because you have uh, had all the struggles, right? So you get to use all of that experience to your advantage for the next gig. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. And <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I also just, I, I learned so much through kind of being pushed down a little bit. Not okay. pushed down, but more, um, you know, there's a lot of menu development that happened by me that was credited to you know, uh, to somebody else uh-huh. or, um, you know, owners that just weren't super supportive when it came to women, female bartenders. Right. Um, but I, that's, I, it's actually, like I said, wonderful because I've learned so much about who I am and what I want. And it gave me this kind of fierce, innate quality that, that made me trust myself. That is perfect. And so listeners, the reason I, one of the reasons that I wanted to have Camille on this particular podcast is because it's March and it's Women's History Month Mm -hmm. and it's so important I think that we as women support each other and we don't always do that well Um, and you know we have the gender factor the inequities are real and we know that they exist and but certainly I think we still have a lot of light to shine on the food and beverage problems that are going on and um, Camille and I chatted probably a year or so ago and kind of started talking about this a little bit and uh, so here we are again kind of circling back Mm -hmm. so I'm so excited to see that you've taken on a lead position and get stuck with it and you're here to stay for as long as you want oh yeah and I'm sure that you have seen really you kind of referenced it um, but you have seen a lot I'm sure in your time in food and beverage between the genders and inequity there would you like to share any stories with us (laughs) well I'll give you a couple general I mean they haven't all I mean they haven't all been bad you know everything's been such a gift and so wonderful and um, I've learned so much but yes I have seen a lot whether it's you know owners not trusting you or chefs belittling you or undermining happens a lot or even guests you know not trusting you once they find out that you're the bar manager and it's not a male you know things like that Uh they do come up Um, and also you know women feeling threatened by women there's a lot of stuff that happens and a lot of a lot of different um, a lot of different uh, things that arise and a lot of times that egos are threatened and a lot of times where uh, just kind of assumptions kind of come into play 
but that's also very general everything I'm talking about but uh, at the same time I think it's been getting better and better you know yeah. the, so the conversations seeing, yeah. are happening yeah so you're seeing more real-time conversations since what the Me Too movement a couple years ago yeah that has really changed the game I think it's it's a real thing I'm so happy that that happened it's bit it to me in my way of thinking and the conversations that I have with men and women mm-hmm. it has uh, I didn't really realize that it was so covert mm-hmm. but the Me Too movement I think really did pull back the curtain mm-hmm. and start to truly establish the ability to have these conversations then everything is not okay right and you cannot put it under the put it under the rug um, so for me I've noticed that but I'm hoping that's been the same for you then yeah absolutely I think that it I mean it's kind of one of those things where you just need a catalyst to kind of start the conversation yes. you just need something big to kind of push everyone to be like hey you know I might not have experienced the exact same thing that you have but I see it and I get it and I want to I want to I'm not settling right. for it anymore and I think that's what's happening is that we're not saying you know pointing fingers and being like men are awful or whatever that is not the conversation the conversation is that it's not equal there is not a lot of um continual or uh nurturing or um like a corrective type of rhetoric that we're breeding within the industry and right. I think that a lot of it comes between the, t- the differences between male and female in the way that we work but also what we've learned in order to be you know have power or have you know have be on top or whether it's our vision that needs to be seen and we don't have a lot of room for other people um, and I think that women are just starting to say hey I have a voice and it's time that we're heard you know, right. it's time that we're a part of it. Yeah. And it's time for people to share the power. Well, well again, I so appreciate your willingness. And um, so a year ago, really, listeners, I was doing some writing for this online cocktail magazine. And that uh, at that time, I reached out to, I think it was 22 women bartenders locally. And I could not get one person to go on the record and talk in any way about the inequities um, amongst the genders in food and beverage. And strangely enough, I had many people who responded to me and said, off the record, I want you to know I'm leaving the business. All, I mean, just and gave me all kinds of just really sad, disappointing, scary examples of the reasons why they were headed out. Um, or concerned about their futures, that kind of thing. And so it was very real. So uh, mm-hmm. I knew that, it, you know, yeah. we know it's, it exists, but then to hear that from so many people locally who are really having a, going through struggles, but no better than to say anything. Right. Um, I think it also comes back to Portland is a town. We are not yet a city. Mm-hmm. <laughs> However you want to say that we're either a big town or a small city, but they're, you know, we know each other. Right. So if the burning bridges is, is very possible and so there's a reason not to but that's from the women's perspective right where you may have um you know a man that does something egregious and they're being talked about but they're not maybe so worried about losing their jobs right right so there's some things that are really not really still we have a long ways to go yeah absolutely (laughs) and i think i think all of that is correct i also think that there's a lot that happens where we're taught to not ruffle the feathers too much we're taught to not be too loud we're we're taught to 
you know, not stand up or be bold or say, like, put our foot down because then if we're too loud, then it's pretty threatening and it will, like, disrupt the flow. And right. um, so I think it, it's really unfortunate, but I see why women, you know, want to put their hands up and be like, I'm just going to sneak out. I can't do this anymore. I, yeah. It's just not fair or I just, I don't know what to do. And the thing is, is that kind of what I'm here to say is that it, that's why I think it's not just about men. It's not just about women. It's about coming together and saying that we all have to be part of this conversation and we all have to start trusting ourselves and really giving our, like whether it's going to therapy or reading, like really talking to other men or talking to other women of what's going on with them. It's time to start owning our own experiences and starting to communicate effectively and understanding our own egos and our own, what our own triggers and all of that stuff, which sounds very heady and like there's a lot going on, but honestly, like I've seen it, you know, whether it's, um, direct, you know, interrupting, talking over, you know, I can't tell you how many meetings where I've started talking and then the three men that are there get on their phone right away, you know, or like little things like that, (laughs) which is like, which is, yeah, which is fine and whatever, but at the, or it's something bigger where it's, you know, deliberate undermining or Mm -hmm. taking away from the power or like going behind somebody's back and being like, you shouldn't listen to her. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to step up and be stronger. But you know, things like that just happen. And it's, uh, it's unfortunate, but I also think that there are a lot of wonderful people out there who see it, who get it, who are really intelligent. Um, and those are the type of people that I think we need to start really embracing and absolutely. And starting a conversation and being like, I don't feel good about this and let's fix it, you know, or let's, let's start talking about it. Cause I don't think that we can't afford to just let the toxic masculinity or toxic energy kind of breed anymore. Exactly. I think that that, that time has passed Mm -hmm. and now we're all learning what, what's the language, Mm -hmm. what's appropriate. Do you, do you stop service to say, wait a minute, we're going to have a conversation, you know, (laughs) that doesn't seem reasonable, right? So how does it, you know, how does it actually fit into workflow right um and so those are things that we're all trying to figure out together you know it's not that women have all the answers mm-hmm. and men don't or something it, yeah. it's a huge combination of things so right now for you camille as the bar manager here do you does it give you any sense for yourself or within the organization here at queen trail that you can have those conversations more deeply um you know uh, does it change the game for you more than if when you were just I said in quotes mm-hmm. a bartender? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think two things happen. It's um, being in a level of you know where I'm management and being yeah. a level where it is I have full control over the program and I notice. I mean, I'm very I recognize how lucky I am and how fortunate and I've had amazing bosses and owners mm-hmm. like give me have well, amazing you trust in me. I've also worked really hard to get here. You're very very right. Um, and also just like having a strong backbone, you know, um, and letting my voice be heard, but not in like a aggressive way, but just being yeah. like, I'm not afraid to say how I feel. And, right. um, I think it does backlash a little bit and it does threaten people sometimes, but at the same time I do it in a way that I want unification. I want everyone to be on the mm-hmm. same team. I want everything to be good. And right. Be all You're right. not trying to be divisive. Exactly. Just- but I do think that because of the level that I'm at, I'm able to have a little bit of a safer role. Um, Whereas, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, there have been a couple times where I've sat down with owners in the past or bar managers in the past when I've just been a bartender and have been 1000% dismissed and Uh incredibly belittled or like, I don't even, I've actually had people be like, 
are you sure you want to say this? Because if you say this, then um, we're going to have to like let you go or oh. we're going to have to like uh, not really let you go, but just be like, you know, you're going to start something if you like uh-huh. speak your truth kind uh-huh. of. Um, right. Where I even like look terrible. back and I'm just like, this is crazy that there were people who said this, you know? Yes. Um, right. Yeah. And so there's a lot of that that happened. I think that or it was a lot of, you know, um, pushing me aside or not taking it seriously or not wanting. Right. Yeah. Just I mean, when, you, when you're it. at that point in a meeting where somebody to say, are you sure you want to go down this road? For them to say that mm-hmm. is a form of aggression right there, mm-hmm. right? Because there's so much subtle things that all these subtleties that are happening already that lead up to, that keep you quiet already. Yeah. So then, I mean, that's just a danger, right? And we've got rent to pay or, yeah. you know. And I think a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, people just not wanting there to be an issue, you know? Well, like nobody right. wants there to, you know, nobody wants there to be, to learn that they're, you know, you know, that there's some sort of inequality or there's some sort of um, issue that's going on. But the thing is that it's, we don't but have the luxury, here. we don't have time for it anymore. Exactly. And um, and I know it sounds a little challenging to be, you know, constantly talking about <laughs> how we feel or what's going on, but I also want to get it straight that it's not, it's not all bad. You know, I right. wouldn't be here yeah. if it wasn't well, wonderful, right. yes. you know, and um, I think the the level of consciousness that is happening within our industry is really wonderful Mm -hmm. um i think like you said there is a long way to go but i also think that um the men and the women that are in it for ego and in it for power they're starting to become a little more uh, stick out like sore thumb a little bit more as opposed to being you know there's some unification happening so um i that's at least what i've seen recently which is really great um but yeah, there is there's definitely still a ways to go. Yeah, I agree. And you know, of course, uh, I think we do this in particular as women, where we show how grateful we are, mm-hmm. and we say how lucky we are, mm-hmm. and all of those things. And yes, it's not all bad, of course, yeah. right? Because I'm so glad to hear that you like what you do. Yeah. It makes you happy to come to work. I love it, yes. And, uh, you know, you're able to get into a position where you can help to really make change. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I believe that we're all ambassadors here in the world. And right. you can choose to go home and regret not saying something mm-hmm. or begin to decide, get, you know, get your own power. Right. Right. And grab it a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And it's okay if we're women and we're called aggressive. It's like, let's get over that yeah. idea that we can't be. Yeah. Yes, we can but be. You exactly. Know, to and make I think change. There's, yeah, yeah, I think there's a big difference too. I mean, I, I completely agree with you. I think there's also a big difference between aggression and assertiveness and just yes. trusting right. what it is that you True. feel. Um, and I think I've definitely done the work a little bit to being like, why does this affect me? How does it affect me? You know, this doesn't feel right or fair. Why, you know, yeah. and how do I go about it in a positive way in mm-hmm. which I can approach the situation or, you know, say how I feel. And then if there is some sort of backlash, not take that on completely, which is really hard as a female, as somebody who's like well. nurturing and, um, <laughs> you know, really wants right. everything to be, to be kind of, yeah. you know, synchron synchronistic. So, yes. um, so there's a level of trust that you have to have within yourself, I think. Well, you know, and I, I think that it's just true in our society, our culture, and Portland is definitely this way, that we want to avoid conflict. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, really. Yeah. You know, Portland is 
notorious, at least in my mind, I think it is for other people too. You know, we do the Portland no. And that means if you want to tell somebody no to something, if they, like they invite you somewhere, you just don't respond to them mm-hmm. because you don't even want to tell them, right. no, I'm sorry, my schedule won't allow me to have dinner with you. Yeah. Even something very innocuous. Yeah, being right? is really hard yeah, for it, a lot of people. It's like there's nothing negative. There's nothing about it other than just having yeah. to say, oh, I'm busy that night. But people will not do it much less having these serious conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I do, again, I think that's a global cultural piece, but totally. certainly in Portland, we are very kind here, mm-hmm. at least, you know, up front. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so it can make the conversations harder to get to because it, yeah. it's like, oh, I want to avoid conflict. I'd rather run away. But yeah. I think maybe we're similar a little bit in that, you know, I... I do not go home and shut my work off. Mm-hmm. So I then begin to have these regrets and I kind of bubble up with these, I need to have this conversation and we need to talk about yeah, this. And absolutely. Um, I'm letting the other people in my world down if I don't try to, you know, begin a conversation and uh, be a little more direct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's the burden that we carry, I guess. Right, exactly. <laughs> not everybody has that burden. They're like, yeah. oh, I'm fine with just going home and turning it off and right. they don't feel like they're ambassadors for a better world, but yeah, um, but here and we I are. Also, exactly, and a lot of that I think comes from just figuring out what it is, what what do you want the world to look like and what, yeah. what's important to you? And exactly. how do you, what environment do you want to create that is good for, that makes everyone next to you feel good? And um, tell you the truth, like I, one of the reasons why I start speaking up and why I'm really wanting to rework the system is the the power dynamic that happens amongst you know managers and chefs and bar managers, but also, uh, you know, with guests and bar and bartenders yes. and bar managers, that I just want to rewrite the script a little bit. And I, instead of guests coming up and you know assuming that the bar manager is a man or assuming that you know. Um, men probably are a little more knowledgeable. I mean, it does happen a little bit. And mm-hmm. it, and also just the, the recognition and the the praise that we want to give women. I feel like it, the pendulum swings a little really far right now because I, women, like, we, we, we want to see change. But right. at the same time, I would really like it to just be even. You well, know? right, yeah. And just be, and so um, my whole point is that, you know, being, you know, men or women or, Usually people in an older demographic, they are sometimes surprised that I'm a bar manager. Okay. You know, or they are, Uh yeah, or they're, um, you know, say good for you, or that's awesome, or or, or like (laughs) all by yourself, things are all, yeah, I mean, almost once a week I'll hear, wait, all these cocktails are yours? Like, they're they're shocked, and I just wonder if that would be the same reaction if I was a man. Right. Well, and I'm sure you have been in a position where you've seen that that's not the reaction Mm -hmm. if it's a man. It's like, oh cool yeah instead of oh yeah good for you you did yeah. all that yeah. right totally but <laughs> right, at the same, yeah but at the same time i don't want to yeah, do this hard. like woe is me thing because i don't think that necessarily gets anywhere but my another thing that i i think is really important is hiring well and surrounding yourself mm. by people who are mm, willing point. to support and willing to have the conversation and i see huge dramatic changes in restaurants and it's just when there are amazing people who are next to you, who want to hear you, who want to create a safe space, who want to create uh-huh. a safe space, that it the whole dynamic changes. And I think we have a lot of that here at Coin Trail, where there's like there are you know certain people that we work with where they're willing to have that conversation. That's and great. It's great. It's absolutely right. wonderful. And you're helping to make that happen because you're a manager. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, and that's you my know, biggest that's... thing. And whether I hi- the way I hire people or the way that I teach or the way that I 
you know, give some sort of education or knowledge. My whole thing is I want you to be in this with me and I want you to feel safe and I want you to feel comfortable in your own skin mm -hmm. as opposed to I have all of this knowledge, I have all of this power mm -hmm. and I'm just going to let you know what I know as like right. a, as a kind of condescending thing, which I think that bartenders kind of get lost in. I think it's really important to know the spirit, know the craft, you know, know the whiskey or what yeast is in it. Sure. That's really important. That's like giving praise to what the backbone is. But I think if you use it as a power tool, mm -hmm. I think it's when it starts getting really, really tricky. Cause then you start creating this, uh, environment or this culture where, knowledge is power to a point where I'm on top, you know, or that um, right, right. I'm in control here, you know, and I think that especially with guests, it's a very like, I'm going to go with you in this journey. So you're happy and not to like make you feel bad for not knowing or your drink order or not knowing, right. you know, what spirit that is or like what kind of yeast that is, you know, because that stuff really doesn't fucking matter. You exactly. know, <laughs> it's not about that. Right. It's about feeling happy, feeling nurtured, feeling like safe and having a good time. Right. And know? I do agree with you that, you know, people can get really hooked on their own knowledge and it's then held over the person that doesn't know as much. So yes. I feel better because yes. I know more than you. Mm -hmm. Right. And, yeah. and like, that's not oh, how that's, that's not the way knowledge is supposed to work. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think that's the, like I said, the reconfiguring of that narrative where it needs to not be a power thing. It needs to not be about, um, I think, you know, learning and reading and taking trips is so beautiful and so educational. But if you come back and you use it to hold it over somebody's head or yes. use it as a, um, like, I'm going to show you how much I know. Right. That just doesn't feel very good. You no, know, it's not, it doesn't do anything for anyone. I guess at the moment it boosts your own ego if you're the exactly. person doing that. But it doesn't take anybody else anywhere other than they want to leave the room. <laughs> right? I mean, it or, <laughs> or it creates an environment where the person that, who's receiving that, whether it's mm -hmm. a guest or, or a, a, you know, a fellow bartender or whatever, then it becomes this like challenge or battle or it's mm -hmm. like some dick measuring thing where it's like, how much do we both know about this one product or the spirit or whatever it is where it, it needs to not be about ego. You know, and it's cool to like sit down and discuss it and really love it. But when you start using it as a judgmental tool mm -hmm. is when I right. think it's it starts getting a really right. slippery it's slope. Meant to yeah. not, it's supposed to be a positive tool, not a weapon. Exactly. Right? Yeah. 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 For sure. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, this has been very interesting. We've got just a couple more minutes. Mm -hmm. It's gone by so fast so talking fast. with you. I so appreciate your candor. <laughs> yeah. So Camille, are there things that you want listeners to know about, about yourself, about the newest drink at Queen Trail, um, or about the topic that we've been covering? Any last words? Oh man. So many things <laughs> I want to say, but, um, just that I think, opening up the door and listening to each other and really creating environments that are safe and creating environments that are, you know, we all can't be perfect hundred percent. And, um, that it, if it. we lead, I know, <laughs> if we start leading with our heart and our trust and trusting ourselves and each other a little bit more, I think that the shift will happen. And I also think that, um, I mean, creativity, we all do it in different forms, but, you know, creating drinks and creating flavors and making people happy is definitely my avenue. And there's a piece of, you know, who I am is on that, you know, cocktail page and, right. um, and being able to share it with people is something that's really beautiful for me. And right. I, I just, I 
just want to support others that do the same. I love that. Well, Portland, we are very lucky to have Camille and Queen Trail. So if you haven't been in, you need to get in and have a drink. Come sit at yes. the bar. Yeah. Ask for the bar manager. Or uh, whoever is back here because they're amazing too. And it does take a village. That's for sure. Um, but this is a beautiful spot if you haven't been or if it's been a while or even if it was yesterday, um, get in. It's springtime. So I imagine some of the new springtime yes. flavors are going to be pr represented here pretty soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, listeners. Thank you so much. Camille, thank you for being thank here. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you. And um, reach out if you've got any questions uh concerns of course you know where to find me i'm at the joy of drinking podcast on instagram and jc plays with food at gmail.com thanks everybody thank, thank you. you thank you the joy of drinking podcast is produced by joy church executive produced by chris angeles and court johnson in association with right at the fork